I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show say what you had for breakfast well okay well what did you have for breakfast um i had i had soylent because it's the end times (laughs) (laughs) we we aren't totally started yet i don't feel started (laughs) (laughs) just relax just talk with me. You can, you can, you, you can, you're holding your notes like they're a life raft. I'm ready for a test. Yeah, it's, there's no test. It's just a chat. So many, so many, so many damn books. This does feel weird. Yeah. You are both my wife and my co-host. Your legal spouse. And yes, you, you're spouse A. I am spouse B. And it's required that we disclose that to the podcast oversight board that <laughs> yeah. I am, in fact, your legal spouse. You know, um, I was I was hearing today that in Los Angeles, I don't know if this is true for New York, but um, essential services includes podcasting. So we are wow. providing an essential service right now. Oh, my God. Present for duty. <laughs> yes. Uh, present for duty is Sarah Yurch. Hi. Sarah is uh, my wife. She is also a... Um, works in metadata at penguin random house sarah welcome thank you welcome to our own home (laughs) yeah welcome to your (laughs) own office library um that you thank you so much (laughs) decorated with plants it's full of plants and books um and my computer and now microphones and now microphones um thank you so much for joining me you know where else would i be we're quarantined we uh, well we're not quarantined we're self we're sheltering I, in place we are self-isolating we're both healthy which mm-hmm. um i'm Thank goodness. So, so thankful for um and also i want to say right at the top that drew is also well and healthy also thank goodness um but he is also social distancing so he couldn't come and hang out on the podcast and we haven't quite figured out what we're gonna do for good audio <laughs> uh but we're gonna figure all of that out soon um and honestly, we're in a, things are a little topsy-turvy, so the podcast is going to be a little topsy-turvy for a while. Uh, who knows what the next episode will be like, but this episode, I wanted my co-host to be my wife. I've imagined what it was be, what it would be like for you to be on the show, because we talk about books all the time. We do, and we always have. Yeah, our relationship started talking about books. Mm-hmm. Forcing each other to read books. Well, not forcing. That I that was a that was a willing trade. Uh-huh. I mean, I was trying to court you. Yeah. Uh, but we we traded. You had never read Harry Potter the series when we uh, had met. I'd read the first book. And I'd never read Anna Karenina. Um, by Leo, Leo Tolstoy. Tolstoy. 
um, famously. Famously. <laughs> famously, he did write that novel, yes. Um, and so we decided to switch. Uh, you read Harry Potter. I read Anna Karenina. We have some fun pictures of us early on reading those things in the park together. Um, very picturesque. Yeah, and you only had to read one book. I had to read like a gajillion books. I don't know. There's eight books within Anna Karenina. So <laughs> fair, people, fair enough. people always told me that you got the nicer end of that deal. Um, I hear that too. I hear that too. I mean, and I, I feel like I need to defend myself a little bit for being a millennial who didn't read Harry Potter <laughs> at the time everyone read Harry Potter. Right. And... When those books were becoming popular, I don't know, how old were we? 11. Okay. So that was around the time in school when we were reading like Tom Sawyer and Great Expectations and Where the Red Fur. I mean, not only we were 11, but like by the time they were popular and everyone was reading them when we were like 13, Mm -hmm. Where the Red Fern Grows. And I was like, oh my God, another book with a little boy protagonist? Like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Count me out. And And then I was just like a contrarian kind of well and they're mean to hermione too so mean to hermione oh my god it takes them so long to even listen to her at all and she knows everything because she studied so hard uh i i i completely agree um and you know i love that we now we started our relationship having the space of uh you know vronsky and hermione um things uh, as touchstones that we can talk about So we both read Weather by Jenny Offal. And so I made this cocktail. It's called Weathering With You, which is also the title of uh, of an anime movie that was supposed to come out into theaters around now. But it was either delayed or theaters just closed. I'm not sure. Um, but looks like a good movie. It is a good drink. It's a really good drink. Uh, I know that you love tequila. Um, so I wanted to make a tequila cocktail. But I was also thinking of there's so many um, there's so much about nature in weather and um i don't know foraging that Mm. she's thinking of in prepper lifestyle so this is a lot of um this has dried flower dried roses um in a rose syrup uh, tequila saint germain lime juice and some native floral bitters shaken and poured into a coupe it's delicious you get to try so many of the cocktails as i'm making them I'm often a, a cocktail guinea pig. Yes. Would you call that a perk? <laughs> oh, a huge perk. Huge perk. Yeah. Well, and so this is the drink. It's tangy. It's sweet. I... And you know, it's not it's not aggressively floral. It's sort of lightly floral, citrusy and refreshing. Mm, Beautiful. I'm so glad. Mm. So that is that part of the show, the drink part. The next part is what'd you buy? Should I go first? It's so funny. I was pausing like there was already the theme playing. I could hear you hearing it. <laughs> but yeah, you, you go first. So, you know, this isn't like news, but the first thing that I bought is like gift cards to every place that we love. Mm-hmm. All of the businesses that are very wisely closed right now but that i can't wait uh for them to reopen including butter and scotch and crown heights where we had our first date mm-hmm. where i believe you were sitting there reading uh, a christmas romance if i'm not mistaken 
So gift cards to all of the wonderful businesses that I will miss and wish well and can't wait to see them open again. And uh, on the book side of things, you and I were recently at Burl's Poetry Shop. Oh, yeah. In Brooklyn. Beautiful bookstore, which again, I'm sure is, of course, wisely closed mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I'm sort of an itinerant poetry reader. You know, it's not really something that I'm well-versed in mm-hmm. necessarily, but it's Burl's is a really lovingly and thoughtfully curated place and i can't wait to go back when they're open yeah they um they sort of encourage discovery in that store that there's so many good tables of just like look at these awesome beautiful poetry books and chat books and things yeah and you sort of stumble upon things that you would never encounter and that's exactly what happened when we were there and i picked up this book called obits o-b-i-t-s like obituaries obits by tess liam l-i-e-m And it's not something I ever would have encountered, but it's got this kind of joyful wordplay to it. And I picked it up and I just couldn't like put it down and move on to the next book to leave through. So I took it home. And, you know, this is like kind of a superficial thing, but it's printed on such lovely paper. Like Mm. it's truly quality. Like this is some true publishing (laughs) nerd out time, but it's beautiful. It's got a great feel to the paper. I love that. That's sort of like thick. It's almost ridged. Yes. I love that stuff. And yeah, it's it's a great collection as well. Nice. I bought, uh, actually, well, so Books Are Magic and a couple other bookstores for a while were doing curbside pickup. Mm. Uh, and I just, I wanted to get one last trip out to the bookstore um, and, you know, called in my order and the, the guy was really sweet on the phone and went running around and was like, we have that, we have that, yeah which was great. And so I picked up um, How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny Odell, or uh, and I just, or, or Odell. And uh, it's a Melville House book. It's really, um, and it's just sort of thoughtful exegesis on seeing that your time doesn't need to be capitalized on that it doesn't need to be something that you're always feeding to corporations through these different modes and what you can do instead um and she's an artist and this is also what she practices in her art and i'm very interested to get deeper into it it's a very pretty book Mm. and um, i also just read uh, vivian gornick's unfinished business where uh, she's talking about being a rereader and so i bought gary paulson's the car Mm. which is, was a YA book. I remember getting it from the Scholastic Book Fair, I Gary think. Gary Paulson, perhaps best known for Hatchet. Yes. This is this is a book, I remember it being about a guy who runs away from home, um, which is, I guess, something that Gary Paulson has to do. They either need to get in a disaster away from home or run away from home in his books. And uh, he builds a kit car and drives it away. Like his dad bought this car that you build yourself and he does it instead and and drives. I don't remember much of the plot, but I'm very excited to reread it because it was, I remember it being very affecting when I was a kid. So that's me. Then that's both of us. That's what, that's what you buy. One, two. We both read Jenny Offel's uh, Weather. What would you say this book is about? What what would you say it's doing? 
Um, I'd say primarily it's about sort of navigating uh, the intersections of personal crises and like global humanity crises, which is like bizarrely appropriate right now, you know, because it's sort of about, you know, like the impending catastrophes that we all worry about the end of the world, the end Mm -hmm. of humanity, climate change. And it's very, it's a very, very interesting book because there is some sort of like weather cataclysm occurring, but it's so muted and so in the background, it's, it's there, it's dread, it's hovering around the edges of everything, Mm. but it lends some valence or something to the, her small, nearly done things. Um, Yeah, there's, so it's a librarian, uh, she's married, she has a child, uh, and it's very Jenny Oppel. It is very much in the spirit of Department of Speculation. If you've read that uh, novel of hers, it's it's the same sort of short sentences and short ideas building. Yeah, and it's I think about it almost as these little bits of flash fiction because each of these moments is kind of like a fully realized, encapsulated thing on its own. And of course, they all, you know blend together to create like you're saying this world where where things are subtly shifting Mm -hmm. um but you you could almost read them as independent fragments right uh i think part of the reason why i was so completely lost in this novel over the weekend was uh it it was basically like reading twitter in a lot of ways (laughs) uh sometimes you know tweet threads but and that is about what my brain is able to uh, understand right now. But instead of being soul crushing and terrifying and horrible, it's thoughtful and dreamy and um, I don't know, exploring thought mm. as it comes to her. It's it's looming dread instead of impending dread. <laughs> if that is a meaningful distinction, <laughs> which I don't sure think it is. <laughs> so I know that you like the classics in a lot of ways, and you say you're an itinerant poetry reader. How does the, how does something like Jenny Offal fit into your reading diet? Uh, I really like Jenny Offal. I love Department of Speculation. I've read it twice, and I was waiting for this to come out and sort of got sidetracked uh, initially. But lately, I've been a much more contemporary reader, um, and part of that's like a, an occupational hazard, I guess, working in book publishing. But uh yeah, literary fiction has been my jam lately, especially weird fiction. Mm-hmm. This is sort of a category that you and I have spoken about. I've talked about with some other folks, but I think about weird fiction as uh, a sort of subgenre being written by a lot of really talented women authors right now mm-hmm. who are sort of writing in both fantastical and realist ways about dealing with how alienating and strange and upsetting and nonsensical things are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say that this book really fits in with that. Right. Sort of um, sort of like Otessa Moshevig mm-hmm. and... Mona uh, Awad. Oh, my gosh. Halle Butler. Uh-huh. A lot of people that have come on the podcast. Um, yeah. 
Um, and I, I really feel like Jenny Offal. Helen Oyeyemi, sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Severance um, by Ling Ma is part of that too. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's sort of a an amoeba sort of. There's a lot of things that kind of fit within this sort of weird fiction um, umbrella, but I agree, and I think this fits really nicely into it. I also I I also just love a slim novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it just it, and this does feel like a p- complete thought um, mm-hmm. that you know you can that things come to you and you can bring them in, and there's so much like outside forces at work but that ultimately like it's what you decide to focus on um i was i was very taken with uh, so many of the ideas um and it just feels like she's some sort of prophet like so much of it was truly it seemed like i was reading somehow she had seen like <laughs> into the future and saw that things were really weird and didn't quite see that we had to be social dis- distancing but everything else um I don't know, totally fit in. Yeah, it's like someone sort of read the news from right now and translated it into poetry almost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like um, she she just, I don't know if she's reading tea leaves, if she has a tarot card deck or something. She is... Jenny Offal, tell us the answers. Yeah, she's got all of the answers. Um, you said that your job is in um, book publishing. Yes. Where, what area i know but the people don't know (laughs) this is me this is me admitting like what what do you do no to the people what what do you do yeah um so i work at penguin random house and the i think the nicest way to describe what i do is okay if you go into a bookstore and you pick up a book and you look at it and you decide you don't want it you put it back on the shelf and you pick up another book and you buy that book we don't know that nobody knows that information about you you know there aren't cameras following your every move that are then you know sent back to book publishers so we can analyze your shopping habits but if you do yet yet <laughs> just you wait no um thankfully no but if you do that online uh we we do sort of see you know how people are shopping for books and what they're buying and what they're not buying and you know in addition to being kind of like spy crafty it lets us make better more thoughtful and reader centric decisions about what we publish how we sell things how we market things yeah and just like what what the reading marketplace looks like yeah i think that that is so cool and it's such an interesting um strange part of publishing that that a lot of people don't really think about is how a book even gets shown to you over the course of yeah it's definitely a job that didn't exist even a few years ago I know that I had us read this book sort of specifically for the show. I knew it was sort of, it would be kind of related because that's been the, um, I don't know. I've seen this sort of take of it on Twitter. What have, what have you thought? About weather? Yeah. I mean, what I loved about it is that it's sort of at a constant simmer, but it never quite boils over, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way that it's, it's sort of about like looming environmental collapse There are also a lot of like personal crises that, you know, are just on the verge of happening and don't quite, you know, like a a near affair, uh, you know, uh, someone who has substance addiction, you know, and it's always sort of their sobriety is precarious, but, you know, it it doesn't quite edge off into that full on catastrophe, Mm. which I thought was so interesting. And 
from the way we're talking about it, it sounds like a much more stressful read than it is. It is sort of like a calm. Yeah. It, there's there's novel. there's a sort of inevitability mm. feeling like yeah. um, even to you know sh- her near affair that it's just like um is just that was always going to happen that way and she mm-hmm. just observed it um i don't know she al- she does have that remove and i think when i first read department of speculation i was reacting negatively towards that remove um, and also because I had just read Maggie Nelson's Bluettes mm. and it was the first time that I had been, um, that I had seen this sort of flash fiction, short sentence, poetry, prose style of, uh, you know, some artistic thought, some scientific thought all sort of wended together into a narrative. And so having read Maggie Nelson's Bluettes and having my mind blown as many people do. Hell Yeah. Then reading uh, Department of Speculation, it just sort of like didn't it didn't have the same thing. It's not and it's not even no, it's trying not to be the, the same, same thing, thing at all. Yeah, but I but it was just another sort of version of that, and I was just too close to it. Um, and so this time, I just I I knew what I was in for, and I just loved it. Um, because it still managed to be, even though it doesn't have what you might um think of as like a climax. It still has this sort of um. I don't know. It still has a shape. It still has the tension that you'd want. The stakes are still high. Yeah. Yeah. I was really interested in there is a part of the book toward the end where she distinguishes uh, an emergency from a disaster. And it's uh, something I've been keeping with me over the past couple of weeks living Mm -hmm. as we are right now. Um, Can I read it? Yeah. Read it out loud to us. Uh, So a disaster is a sudden event that causes great damage or loss. An emergency is a situation in which normal operations cannot continue and immediate action is required so as to prevent a disaster. Mm. So it turns out you have little emergencies every day during disasters that last a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was such an interesting distinction. Yeah, there's so many little techno-profit moments to me (laughs) um, where she says like... um, on the show, there's an expert giving advice about how to survive disasters, natural and man-made. He says it's a myth that people panic in emergencies. 80% just freeze. The brain refuses to take in what is happening. This is called the incredulity response. Those who live, move, he says. Ugh, I, so we're not I, doing a lot of moving right now. No, I know. How well, do you feel about that? We're not supposed to. This is why, this is why <laughs> she had like a gauze over it, you know? Also, there's this little moment where... She's talking about how comforting it is to watch My Strange Addiction. Mm-hmm. At least I don't eat talcum powder. One can comfort oneself. At least I'm not in love with the Verrazano Bridge, which... At least that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that can be a rallying cry for how we feel is or something I just want to answer. Because there's so many times that you just ask these days, you know, how are you? And you realize what an insane question that is to ask uh, at every least day. I'm not in love with the Verrazano Bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's like the only thing that you can respond. Oh my, uh, it's uh, it's a really, it was an affecting read, and um, I was glad to get lost in it. Yeah, it's not as depressing as it sounds. It might like sound. It is. It's funnier. Um, it is funny. She's very it wry. Is funny. Always. Always. Uh, I actually, I saw. She was interviewed on Seth Meyers. Oh, cool. Um, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, obviously she's an incredibly successful, famous novelist, but 
It's also cool that Seth Meyers has authors on his show. Totally. Uh, And she was saying something like, oh, you know, as a parent, you see a lot of other parents who are like, you know, you got to prepare the kids for the future and have them all learn Mandarin. And she's like, no, like, I want my kids to learn archery. It's a real real different version of the future, perhaps the version of the future that we're moving towards. Or we need archery. Yeah. Um, I'm a good archer. So I learned this in PE in junior high school. And I'm pretty sure those skills last. (laughs) The people can't see your gritted teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I married you, your archery skills. I I figured. (laughs) Well, um, let's uh, recommend this for sure. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Especially if you're a Jenny Offal fan, it won't disappoint you. If you've never read her before, it's a fantastic entry point. Yeah, I don't want to call it timely because everyone's calling everything timely right now. But. But golly, is it timely. timely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's move into the recommendation portion of the podcast. Uh, do you want to recommend something or do you want me to go first? I went first last time. You go first. Okay. I'll go first. Um, the first thing that I'm recommending is candles. Oh, yeah. We love candles. Um, love them. It's, uh, t- it's a small thing you can do to control your environment. Uh, it has a, You have a nice... Scented candles, not yeah. just candles. Well, Our lights are still on. Yeah. We don't need them for light yet. Uh, <laughs> stop saying yet. <laughs> um, we'll be fine. I love particularly wood wick candles. They Ooh, a, a crackling, crackling wood wick. wood wick. Um, I we can't get enough. I have so many candles, and I keep buying more because Instagram has now found that the algorithm they algorithm just needs to show me more candles, and I will buy them. You'll buy them all. <laughs> and uh, so we have our little candle village. <laughs> no, people understand. It's just a lot of candles and you just <laughs> choose, your, choose your candle and you light it and you control your environment for just a little bit while it burns. So I'm recommending that. I'm also recommending Kevin Wilson's uh, Nothing to See Here, um, read by Marin Ireland. Oh my gosh, th- this is the most incredible audiobook. It's about a woman who um, ends up having to take care of two uh, kids who often... Uh, self-combust and just burst into flame like spontaneous combustion uh-huh and she has to take care Can't of wait them. to read this book and uh she's sort of wait before or after combustion oh so you got to read this book um it's 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 wild it's almost sort of a fable but it's not in and i just uh i i have had a hard time just reading words sometimes these days mm-hmm. but it's been really nice to just let a story wash over you and have someone else read to you uh, so Marin Ireland does an incredible job with this book. It's one of my absolute favorite audiobooks ever. Uh, it's I wish that it hadn't already been kicked out of the term- tournament of books, but you know I'll just yell about how great it is. To Shout people. it from the rooftops. Yeah, Drew. It's Drew who told me to read it very, mm-hmm. very ve- vehemently. Mm. What do you recommend, Sarah? Uh, so in the vein of it being hard to read things, I mean like. Geez, God bless the people who are like 
turning to the classics in this difficult time because like I am having a really hard time concentrating enough to read an entire novel um Mm -hmm. so a book that I love and sort of crossed my path again this week that I've found really nice to revisit is Tender Buttons by Gertrude Stein Mm. because you know it's sort of like this collection of poignant nonsense where the words are sort of collected for their phonetic sonorous qualities or their you know like effective associations or you know you can just sort of allow the words to wash over you and take whatever you will from them Um, and there are some phrases of this true collection of what seems like literary nonsense uh, that have just like stuck in my brain for years now Mm. and it's been a real delight to revisit Mm. nice um and then i have another recommendation okay which is um a friend of mine at work told me about this website called bookbenefactors.com and um it's run by the raven bookstore in lawrence kansas which as of today anyway is still running this project but basically what it is is you can nominate someone to receive like a surprise book delivery. You can just put in like their name and address and say like, this person needs books Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Or you can sign up to be a book benefactor and donate a certain amount of money to sponsor a book delivery to someone who needs books, which sounds like such a great idea. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, And with bookstores shuttering and having to close in a lot of places... There's also, um, you can still support your indies by buying, a lot of them are still shipping specifically mm-hmm. from the store. And if they, and if you don't have an indie close to you, um, bookshop.org, uh, you can, sh- gives 30% of your ticket right now, of uh, your receipt towards, um, a bookstore, an indie bookstore of your choice, and, and it'll still be delivered to you. So there's a lot of ways for you to continue reading, um, and supporting, and I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of authors are doing all sorts of things all over online. Um, I know John Hodgman is doing like a show your pets Instagram um, video series. More pets. We need more pets. And uh, there's a lot of stuff happening at our good folks at Lit Hub are doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we hope that their books are a community. And if you have anything you want us to retweet or talk about... Um, you know, send us an email, so many damn books at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we just love you all so much. And we hope that you are well wherever you are mm, and safe and staying sane. And we hope you take care of yourselves and we will keep making things. And we'll be back in two weeks with something. Not sure what it'll be. Because who can see two weeks into the future Mm. um, unless you're Jenny Awful? Let's ask her. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, you know, talk to you soon. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Okay, I love you. Love you too.